all over the world, you guys can go ahead and take a seat. Hey, if we're meeting for the first time, my name is Susie, and I have the immense honor to be the preaching pastor here at God Squad Church. I love this church. My wife and I have had the privilege to be around from the very, very, very beginning, and we've seen a lot of different things happening in the gaming community. We've seen moments where literally back in the day when we first started, if we were doing what we were doing right now, we would get banned on Twitch. And I don't mean like because we're talking about Jesus, because there's no gameplay on the screen. Put a five in chat if you remember the days of where if you did not have gameplay on the screen at all times, like you could get banned on Twitch. So some of you don't know the background story that when we first started preaching, I think one of my first sermons ever, I actually stood in front of a green screen and we had Halo gameplay, just the whole thing. Just like everything, and then there was just me. So people just dying in the background, and I'm just like, open your Bibles, you know? <laughs> like, we've, we've seen a lot of stuff, man. Like, it's changed a lot. I mean, the whole gaming culture is always shifting. Even the games that we play are always shifting. I mean, we've seen right all the way back in the day with the rise of Fortnite, the crash of Fortnite. We saw the rise of Among Us and the crash of Among Us. But if you haven't caught the new craze, it's a game called New World. New World is huge right now. Some people might say it's on the decline. It's just kind of steadying out. You know, the hype is dying down. The server transfers are happening next week. By the way, join us on Marama. Amen's in the chat. Okay, praise God. But New World was a highly anticipated game. I happen to be hashtag obsessed. I've been woodcutting trees like you would not believe, okay, people? I'm currently working on my mining, trying to get to that star metal. Thank you, Jesus, game okay, level. I think 67, got to get to 100. But New World was highly anticipated. It's a brand new game by Amazon Games, new MMORPG on the market. I love it. Hopefully you're playing it. If not, I'll be praying for you so that you get some wisdom and start playing it in Jesus' name. But here's the deal. People waited forever for it. And as they were waiting with anticipation, delay. As they were waiting again with anticipation, another delay. <laughs> then they waited a little bit longer with another delay. And people were waiting with such anticipation and hype. I mean, I played the alphas. I played one of the uh, test previews or betas. What, all these different games used different words. Or I forget which one it was. But I played them, and they were so much fun. And every time I got a glimpse of it, it gave me more of a hope and a desire to play more and waiting for it with more anticipation. I mean, I, like, I just I couldn't wait. I had stopped playing World of Warcraft, so it was like the perfect time for a new MMO. Final Fantasy XIV was on the rise, but I didn't want to play it. I was like, I need an MMO in my life, okay? God bless the Final Fantasy XIV players. I just didn't want to play it. But I was waiting, waiting, waiting with anticipation. You can probably relate to whatever some of your favorite games are that you've been waiting for. Put it in the chat right now. What games did you, at one point in life, you waited with anticipation, excitement for it to finally come? And as I was preparing for this message and really seeking and praying, God, God, what do you want us to study this week? I really begin to ask, I feel God ask me the question, in the same way that we wait with anticipation for the arrival of New World, do you wait with anticipation for the arrival of heaven. I felt God speaking to my soul this week that some of us need joy. Some of us need some joy. I don't know about you, but I can use some more joy in my life. We could probably all use a little bit more joy, and we can lose our joy because the world, if you haven't noticed, is pretty rough. And I'm not just talking about like disunity and people can't get along and people can't disagree. I'm talking there are real life tragedies happening in people's lives all the time. 
Things are real. Things are hurting. And so here's what I don't want to do today. I don't want to devalue your pain. I don't want to devalue your struggles. I don't want to make it feel like the situations that you're facing are not as big a deal as you think they are. Because they are. And when you hurt, I need you to know that the God in heaven who loves you, he hurts with you. He's not telling you to get over it. He's not telling you to suck it up. He's not telling you you're making a big deal than it is. Your heart is broken and he knows that it is. And today I believe that God wants to infuse joy into your soul. Because he knows that when life's getting rough, we need some joy. And so today I want to bring a message that I've entitled, Heaven Awaits. And I don't want to devalue your pain, but I do want to shift your focus off of the struggles that we face and on to the eternal joy that awaits you and I in eternity and in heaven. Because this broken world that you and I live with the pain and the hurt and the struggles, it will not be this way forever. We have a home in heaven with Jesus, and no matter what you're facing today, put it in the chat, heaven awaits. Heaven awaits your arrival, a place where there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, and whatever your struggle is today, it will no longer exist when we step through the gates of heaven. And so I want to read a passage to us out of the book of Revelation. If you're not familiar with Revelation, Revelation is the last book of the entire Bible, written by the author John. And a lot of Revelation is really the revelation that God gave to John. God allowed John to physically, with his eyes, be able to see things that would happen in the future, things of heaven. And I'm not going to lie, when you read the book of Revelation, you're probably going to go, huh? Like, I'm not going to lie, like, it's kind of confusing. And you're trying to figure out, like, what's real, what's imagery, what's a metaphor. And people have debated these things for, like, a long time. And I just think we all need to come to the conclusion that God is so much bigger and greater than we are that we might not be able to ever fully figure out the details. And that's okay. Because if God is so big and infinite then I can't fully understand him. If I could fully, 100% understand all of God, he would be too simple to be God. I can't even understand my phone. Like, you have these new updates and these new features, I don't even understand it. How else do I expect to be able to understand the infinite God and creator of all of the universe? And so I want to challenge you to read the book of Revelation, and you're going to be confused out of your mind, and it's all good. Because sometimes I am too. If somebody ever tells you, I've figured out the book of Revelation, please leave their church. <laughs> because they're lying to you, homies. They are lying to you. Nobody has done it. We can speculate. We can talk. But what I want to point out today is not the importance of us mastering the details, but shifting our focus that heaven awaits and that there is a paradise that Jesus has prepared for you and I. Read verse number one, 21, verse one with me. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I mean, we one verse in, and you're already confused. A new heaven? A new earth? Well, what's going to happen to the old earth? Here's what it says in 2 Peter. 
But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Seriously, I thought you was trying to infuse joy. Now the world's on fire? Like, <laughs> what? what's happening? And we begin to try to interpret Scripture. And are these, are these literal meanings? Are they metaphorical meanings? Are they imagery? Like, new earth, old earth? Like, the old earth's going to be on fire? Like, what's, what's happening here? People have really kind of debated this for a long, long time. But the reality is, I do believe that there will be a day when Jesus will take away the old and to bring the new. And this is not a fire that is designed to burn you and I as followers of Jesus. What fire does, it doesn't just destroy, it purifies. It refines. And what I need you to understand about this earth that we live on, the one where some of you are experiencing hardship and cancer and sickness, the world that we live in is broken. Jesus is going to come and make it new. To refine, to remove the imperfections. That all the hardship that you face, he is going to make it new. To purify it. And there will be a place where all the consequences of sin... The Bible says that when sin entered the world, it didn't just curse us as humans. It says it even cursed the ground we walk on. It's no secret to understand, like, the world is broken. But when Jesus rescues his people, it will be broken no more. It will finally, finally, finally be made whole. It will be new. A new earth. A new heaven. A paradise without hurt. Moving on to verse 2. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This chapter 21 is the second to last chapter actually in the entire Bible. And Revelation 22 goes on to describe what this new Jerusalem looks like. And again, people have debated this for a long time. Is this going to be like what exactly what Jerusalem looks like? Is it just going to be like place? Is it going to be like Jerusalem in 4K, 60 FPS? Like what is it going to actually look like? And then chapter 22 goes on to describe a little bit of what this eternal paradise actually goes to look like in the final chapter of the entire Bible. It's beautiful. I encourage you to go back and, and read it. But the point is don't get caught up in the details, the point is God is going to bring us a new home. What I need you to understand is the place in which we live today, this is not our home. We are simply passing through. And so the struggles that we face in our passing, those will also pass too. Look at, look at this verse. Hebrews 13, 14. For this world is not our permanent home. It's not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come because heaven awaits. And I don't know about you, but man, I can get caught up in my struggles and my hurts and my frustration and whatever it might be, the negative things that I tell myself, the real situations that are coming my way. And I mean, I'd be lying if I said sometimes it doesn't feel like this world is just gonna last forever. 
Sometimes when you're just in your pain, man, it feels like it's just going to last forever. But I've come to shift your focus because it won't. It won't last forever. It is but a passing wind that this is not our home. This is not the best that is yet to come. This is a broken world that we are passing through. The best is yet to come because heaven awaits. A place with no sorrow. A place with whatever you're feeling, it will be gone. Gone. Your pain hurts and it's real. And I've not come to devalue it. But I've come to shift your focus that whatever you're facing, it won't last forever. This is not our forever home. We will be what Jesus called in paradise. Paradise. Forever and forever. But look at that verse again. Verse number two. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I had the honor of obviously getting married to my beautiful wife, Amanda, who is playing the piano right now. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> and maybe you can remember your wedding day. You've seen a wedding. It's a beautiful moment when the bride walks down the aisle. The bride, the bride is a gift. She is a gift. Spouses, you are a gift to one another. And God is preparing a gift for us to spend eternity. And the metaphor that he's using is like a groom waiting for his bride as we await eternity. But when I stood at the altar, I waited for my wife with anticipation, with excitement. Do you wait in the same way for heaven? Do you wait in the same way for heaven? But as I was studying the scripture, I'm reminded that this is not the only place in the Bible where God uses this metaphor of a bride and a groom. In other places in the New Testament, Jesus actually uses this metaphor in other places in this describing of the desire of a groom waiting for his bride. And I just begin to picture my wedding day, maybe you're picturing yours, and just the principle of what happens at weddings. And men, you'd love to believe that the wedding's all about you, but it ain't, come on, let's be real. <laughs> of course, it's about, the, it's about both. It's about the unity, it's about the covenant that is being formed, but ain't nobody complimenting my tux on my wedding day, you know what I'm saying? I was a little beside, I was like, no, nobody thinks I look good. It's all about the bride. The groom just stands and awaits the arrival, but the bride gets a special entrance. She gets a song. And when the bride arrives in the room, people stand in awe and in honor. And they stand in awe at the beauty of this bride. And as I pictured this, illustration I begin to ask myself Jesus you use this illustration in the Bible of a bride and a groom but when I think about people standing in awe and honor of the beauty I think to myself Jesus shouldn't shouldn't you be the bride shouldn't you describe yourself as when you walk into the room people stand in awe and in honor of your beauty, and we play songs of worship. But if you know the Bible, now Jesus says, I'm the, I'm the groom. 
you are my bride. Not that we are the ones that are deserving of the honor or the praise or the glory, but when Jesus describes his love for you, he says, I await your arrival as a groom stands awaiting for his bride. You are my gift and I treasure you and I love you and I long for you. I don't know about you, but I don't deserve to be longed for. But he loves us anyway. This is the great beauty of the God we serve. Jesus could have came down to this earth like a bride. I'm here. Look how beautiful I am. Please stand in my honor and sing songs because I'm King of kings and Lord of lords. But he did it. He came as the groom. He says, I'm, I'm here to save and seek and save those that are lost. But really, I've, I've come to save the bride who is you. I've come to save the bride who is you. That even though we might have sin, we might have hurt, we might have pain, Jesus looks at us and says, you are the beautiful bride in the white, purified, cleansed dress that I have cleansed with my blood, and I long, I long for you. And I've actually prepared a gift for you. It's like Jesus bringing a gift to his own wedding for his bride, and it's called eternity. It's heaven, and it awaits you and I. Verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God see the Bible teaches that today that the Holy Spirit that God dwells in us that wherever you go if you are a follower of Jesus you have said yes to follow Jesus you have turned away from your lifestyle of sin and you've decided I am going to follow Jesus the Bible says that the presence of God dwells in you, in you. But I don't know about you, on my hard days, sometimes I wish I could be like, yo, Jesus, can I just like plop you out, just like put you next to me so I can see you and touch you and really know that you're there, be able to see you and actually be able to see with my eyes because I'm human and sometimes my faith is weak. And what this passage is saying is that in heaven, no longer will I dwell in you, I will dwell with you. I'll be right there. You will see my face and you will see my glory and you will see the holes in my hands where I gave my life for you as I take away your pain, as I take away your hurt. I know that life felt like it was gonna last forever, but that wasn't your home. This is your home forever and ever and I will dwell with you and God himself will be as their God verse 4 he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain for the former thing the way things used to be on the old earth 
before I purified it, those things have have passed away. I'm going to read that verse one more time. He will wipe away every tear. Every tear. Some of you, you don't want to talk about your struggles. You don't want to open up to anyone. But you lay in bed at night and you cry. And he sees you. But there will be a day where he will wipe away every tear. Everyone. Every single one. And death will be no more. It will be a thing of the past. People will no longer leave. People will no longer pass. We will be reunited with those who have, who have given their lives to follow Jesus. There will be no more death, no more mourning, nor crying, (laughs) nor pain. For the former things have passed away. I've come to tell some of you today, heaven awaits. No pain. No sorrow. Some of you all around the world, and I know personally some people in our community, you can't walk. Physical disabilities. I've come to tell you in heaven, you will walk again. You will walk again. Some of you in our community, physical ailments, your bodies are are weak and frail. You will be strong again. I know it seems like it will last forever, but I promise you it's but a passing wind. You will be strong again. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that you're dealing, whatever physical, mental, emotional things, whatever they are, it will pass. And the life that you've adjusted to, well, this is just the way it is. I'm just sick. Or I'm just depressed. Or I just have anxiety. It will be no more. It will be no more. You will walk again. You will laugh again. You will smile again. You will cry tears of joy again. Overwhelmed with the goodness and the presence of God. Whatever it is you face, you will have your body restored and your mind restored. Right now, many of you may be aware, some might not, but my wife and I are currently in a season where my wife's voice doesn't work the way that it used to. For three years, we've seen so many doctors spent so much money trying to get an answer to her voice. It's something that she loves to do more than anything. And for three years, she hasn't been able to do it the way that she normally does. It physically hurts her. She's developed something that we're finding out that unless God cures her, she might never be able to sing fully again. And we're walking down that road and the question that you know, my wife is asking, what if I can never sing again? What if I can never sing again? And as I was preparing, Amanda, I felt the Lord speaking to me. We don't know what will happen here on this earth. But in heaven, you will sing again. You will sing again. Whatever it is that you are facing, you will do it again. You'll be strong again. Because the former, the former will have passed. And we will be in the presence of Jesus.
Verse number five. And he who was seated on the throne, behold, I am making all things new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Let's begin to study this. Jesus, that's a little redundant, man. Like, if it's trustworthy, it's true. And if it's true, it's trustworthy. Why, like, why, why feel the need to repeat it? Trustworthy and true. And I believe what God wants to communicate to you is you will have so much in your life that will make you feel like your pain will be forever. But it won't. And Jesus has come to tell some of you, these words are trustworthy and true. The insecurity that you feel, it will pass. The hurt that you feel, it will pass. The pain that you feel, it will pass. It's trustworthy and true. And ask God to help you believe that it's trustworthy and true. You know, one of the people that inspires me so much is Pastor AJ. Some of you might know him, AJ Valdez, twitch.tv, go give ball. He's just, when you see him, when you talk to him, you know he believes this stuff, man. Like, he just, he believes it with all of his heart. He has a joy that is infectious. I just can't stop watching his streams. I don't care what he's doing. Sometimes he makes t-shirts. I don't like t-shirts. He just, I just watch him. Because the way he lives his life, there's a joy that stems because he knows it's trustworthy and true. But it doesn't mean that his life is without pain. Some of you might know that earlier this year, him and his wife went through their own tragedy and their own pain. And they had a miscarriage of their son. And some of you in our community know what that's like. But you know what blesses my heart so much? When I hear Pastor AJ say in front of other people, yeah, we're hurting. But I do have a son. And I will see him again. Because heaven awaits. Because heaven awaits. There is a pain that is real. But it will not be forever. It will pass. And Jesus will wipe away every tear every sorrow verse 6 he said to me it is done and I am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end to the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life and those who are victorious will inherit all of this those who have given their lives to follow Jesus repented of their sins and said I'm putting my trust in Jesus I'm not perfect I don't have it all together I don't have all the answers my life is broken but I'm putting my trust in Jesus those who have gained that victory this verse verse 7 says everything we just read and talk about that will be yours that will be yours. And I will be their God, and they will be my children forever. And ever, and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. 
The pain that you feel today is real. And I've not come to devalue it. But I've come to shift your focus. That whatever you're facing, it will not be forever. The doubts you face, the insecurities, the anxiety, the depression, it will pass. Because this is not our home. I know it feels that way. It definitely looks that way. But he will come and make all things new. And no matter what you're facing today, I've come to declare to all of you, heaven awaits. But do you wait for it? Do you wait with anticipation for the return of our Savior Jesus? For our paradise to be made? Or do we only focus on the pain? We can't ignore the pain. We have to deal with it, face it, feel it, embrace it. But it can't be the only thing we think about. Do we also wait for heaven? A place where the streets will be of gold and you will see the face of God. I'd give you a description and a preview of what it's like, but we don't even know because his glory is too much for humanity to ever have seen it. And we will see him and we will be in paradise forever and ever and ever and ever. The pain that we feel is real, but it is a passing wind to the eternity that awaits. And what I want to do is I want to show you a quick illustration that I hope will bless your heart. And so if, I, if you could grab me the, the cable and the illustration that I want to give you is you're going to see a very long cable here. Thank you. And I want you to understand that the length of this cable is the length of eternity. Now, obviously, we understand eternity does never end. We couldn't find, you know, unending cables. So it will have an end. <laughs> but the length is eternity. And it just keeps going and going and going and going and going and going and going. And even when I run out of room, it doesn't run out of room. It just keeps going and going going and eternity will be forever we will see Jesus no more pain no more sorrow no more suffering forever 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 and ever in the presence of God forever and ever and ever and the length of this cable represents eternity and it is long and it just keeps on going and going and going and going but what we do sometimes is we allow all of our focus just to settle on this little orange piece of tape, which represents the life we live. Now, this matters. It's important. And the pain we feel is real. But just understand the pain that you feel will last this long. But the joy you experience will go on and on and on. The rejoicing that you will feel will go on. Sitting in the presence of God will continue to go on 
and on and on and you will have peace and joy and your tears will be wiped away and it will go on and on and on and unlike this cable, it won't ever end, ever. We will stand with the angels and we will sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And so as we end our time together, I want to read one more scripture. It's the Bible in the book of Revelation. Again, gives us a glimpse of what you and I will do for all of eternity. As we join with the angels which are described in this verse, read Revelation 4, 8 with me. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around. Again, as we study Revelation, we wonder, is this little? Is this imagery? Is this what angels will look like? We don't. We'll find out when we get there. <laughs> we just, we don't know. But it says day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. He is eternal forever and ever and ever. And I'll tell you, one of the best fuels for your soul when you need joy is to worship God. I know there might be moments when you don't feel like it. There might be moments when you're hurting. And maybe sometimes the last thing you want to do is say thank you. But I want to challenge you today, as Amanda and Fife lead us in another song that will sound similar to this verse, talking about His goodness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I want to encourage you to take a moment even right now. Maybe you want to close your eyes, get on your knees. Have a moment where you connect with God and focus on his character, not just your circumstances. Say, I'm going to shift my focus away from the pain that I'm feeling right now. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter. It does matter. But I'm choosing in this moment to focus on his holiness, on his goodness, on who God is. I'll tell you, man, there is a freeing that will take place in your soul when you'll shift off of your focus and to worship Jesus. So as Fife and Amanda lead us, I encourage you in your own way to worship God and thank Him. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. 
King of kings, you are my everything, and I will adore you. we 
as we sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And we shift our focus on you. And we thank you, Jesus, that this pain will not be forever. We thank you, Jesus, that this pain is not our home. We thank you, Jesus, that this suffering is temporary. It's real and it hurts, but it is not our home. Jesus, we thank you that you gave your life on the cross to purchase for us forgiveness of our sins and a place in eternity. We honor you. We worship you. I pray hearts, God, just be infused with joy today as we are in your presence. Because in your presence, God, we know there is fullness of joy. We know that, God, in your presence, there is a peace that surpasses understanding. And so we pray for hearts that are broken. Heal them, God. We pray for minds that are full of anxiety. Calm them in the name of Jesus. We pray that for lives that are facing depression, be with them, God. Give them joy. Give them joy. And help our focus today. Help our focus today to understand this is not forever. You are coming to make all things new. And may we, God, be awaiting your arrival. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys can take a seat. One of the very unique things that as I was praying through this message and thinking about New World, which is a game that I've been playing nonstop, is as we were awaiting it, before the game was released, people began to wonder, man, there's still some bugs, still some issues. Are they going to delay it again? Or are they going to release it? And I'm thankful that they did release it. I'm thankful that we have the game. I've been loving playing it. But the game still got bugs. It is not bug-free. It's got some issues. <laughs> I go up the trees, and they won't come down. <laughs> like, the game's still got issues. But I've talked to a lot of gamers online, and they're saying, you know what? The game is so good that it makes the issues not so bad. What I want you to understand today is the issues aren't fake. They're really there. Like, there is stuff in the game, like, it's straight up broken. But the game is so good that it makes the issues not so bad. And I know that you've got bugs in your life. You've got issues that are real. And the devs of New World really do need to fix those problems. <laughs> and they will. But the hurt that you face is real. But I promise you, when you focus your eyes on Jesus, it shifts your soul to realize God is so good that my issues feel less bad. You feel them. They're real. But as you shift your focus on the goodness of God, I promise you, it will bring joy to your soul. And today, many of you, you just have bugs with no new world. You just have hurts and struggles, but no Jesus. And I believe that today, Jesus is calling you by name. You did not click on this stream by accident. You didn't come here for the third, fourth time searching for no reason. Jesus is calling you by name. 
wanting to tell you today that he came to this earth and gave his life to die on the cross for you. He shed his blood to pay the consequence for our sin so that we could be forgiven. So despite our past, despite our brokenness, he offers you forgiveness through his son Jesus that if you will put your trust in him, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, it doesn't say if you go to church 52 times a year. It doesn't say once you finish the whole Bible. If you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you can be saved. And what we want to do is give some of you an opportunity today to make a decision to follow Jesus. It will change your life. It will set you free. It will give you joy. And if you say yes to Jesus for you, I promise, heaven awaits. And so that's you. We want to give you an opportunity to pray this prayer with us. As you just begin a conversation with God, beginning that relationship of following Jesus. And if that's you today, pray this prayer with me. God, I thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for me. And I ask you today, God, to forgive me of all my sin and to come into my life. And just like you're going to do with the earth, to take away the old and to make me new. Be my Lord and my Savior and help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Can we give some hype in the room and in the chat for those that are saying yes to follow Jesus? Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, we want to say a massive congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. There's going to be a link in the chat next level. And do us a favor. Hey, go ahead and click on that link and go ahead and fill that form out with as much information as you're comfortable. We want to have one of our pastors reach out to you, celebrate with you, congratulate with you. Maybe you're leaving me bold right now in the chat and say, hey, I just prayed that prayer. Maybe you'll just say yes. Today, you're making a decision to follow Jesus. But hey, we want to give you some resources in that link of what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? That link is going to have resources about what does it mean to pray? What does it mean to read the Bible? What does it mean to get water baptized? Which I would encourage is a next step. The moment you say yes to follow Jesus, a next step is what is keeping me from being water baptized? So I want to encourage you. Maybe we'll put that baptism in the link. Maybe that's something you want to get signed up for. We want to be able to give you resources as you take some next steps in your relationship with Jesus. And every week we love seeing people saying yes to follow Jesus. We love seeing our church encouraged and seeing our people blessed. And I wanna say thank you to every single one of you that are showing generosity through your sacrificial financial giving here at God Squad Church to make the day-to-day ministry of God Squad Church possible. Every day, hearts are being encouraged, lives are being changed, people are being ministered to, leaders are being developed. The day-to-day ministry of our church is impacting gamers literally across the world We want to say thank you for making that possible. Giving is an opportunity for us to trust God in our finances, to worship, to give back to Him, but also to say, you know what? This isn't just about me. I've not come to be a consumer and just take, take, take. I've come to give and to see the world change, and I want to be a part of it. I'm not sitting on the sidelines. I'm getting in. And so I challenge every single one of you to trust God in your finances, but also to join many of us in giving sacrificially, yes, even in your finances, so we can continue to build the kingdom of God and make Jesus famous in all the gaming community. There's going to be a video here in a second showing you some safe and secure ways in which you can do that. But sincerely, from all of us here, thank you for your faithfulness. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. So no matter what you're giving, God bless you as you give. Here at God's Watch Church, there are multiple safe and secure ways for you to give. You can give by clicking on the panel below to give a one-time or monthly donation 
via card or PayPal. You can also go to our website, godsquadchurch.com give and set up a one-time or monthly donation of any amount. Lastly, you can text any amount to the number 84321 to set up a quick and easy way to give. Because of you, we are able to share the gospel with gamers around the world. No matter what amount you're giving, thank you for your generosity.